Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Rock. Hey everybody, welcome back to Truth and Justice. Uh, today's episode is a notebook episode. So if you're one of those people that like to stay heavily engaged in all of the little details and facts as we go through the case and compare them back to your old notes, it's a good time to hit pause and grab a notebook and a pen, settle back in with a cup of coffee or a glass of bourbon, whatever you got, because we've got a lot to cover today. This is going to be one of the episodes that Kelly hates to edit. Sorry, Kelly. Uh, because I'm just going to be reading, there's no script, I'm going to be reading off of the cell phone report uh, that with the help of Teresa Dunn, who has done an incredible and amazing job of converting all of the cell phone records that we have into a record that has names on them instead of phone numbers. Uh, we've had to go through, this is this is late Thursday when I'm recording this, uh, we've had to go through several renditions of formatting to make this work. Uh, and I hope to have a, a copy of this out on the website for you as you're listening to this episode on Sunday, uh, as long as we can tie up a few loose ends with that. Uh, but there, we're going to be going through a bunch of the cell phone data. But before we do that, I'm going to play an interview for you. It's one I mentioned on the follow-up. Uh, a listener, Chris Dolan, asked me if we could hear the fourth episode from Javier. I thought that I had already played it. And as it turns out, I didn't. I got mixed up way back months ago when we were going through those episodes or those interviews. Uh, and I played you his interview from October 5th, but I didn't play for you his interview from October 10th. And that is the interview right after our break here that you're going to hear first. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a little tough to hear. It's not the best audio as with most of them. I know a lot of you don't like those. You don't like it after we come out of the ad break. You can skip ahead about 14 minutes. There'll be another ad break before we get into the rest of the content. I'll do a little bit of a breakdown uh, before I play the interview. But there's some pretty critical information in there about Becky's schedule. And then from there, we're going to move on to Becky's cell phone records. Every call that Becky made or received in the week before her murder, we're going to go through them and see how we can compare them to what we think at least are known events or events that have been explain to us through these police interviews we've been listening to for all these months. With that being said, there's going to be a lot of data in this episode, not a lot of excitement, unless you're like me and you love putting these puzzle pieces together. This is Season 12, Episode 27, Becky's Week. Text 
Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Ford Ranger, a vehicle for all terrains and every passion. It's a workmate, a playmate, and to its drivers, a soulmate. So how do you improve the Ford Ranger? You go all in. The all-new Ford Ranger, the UK's best-selling pickup. Now available with rear bumper steps, tailgate workbench, and enlarged load box that can fit a Euro pallet. Go break it in. Search all-new Ford Ranger. Ford Pro. Driving productivity. According to SMMT data, features may be optional extras with additional cost. All right, as I mentioned in the intro, the first thing that we're going to do today is I'm going to play for you Javier Garcia's October 10th interview. So up to this point, he had interviewed at the crime scene on the 18th, Monday. Briefly, you've heard that. On September 25th, he sat down and did his full police interview, the the long one that you've already heard, where he really lays out all the detail of his week. Then you heard the one on October 5th, the same day that his mom contacted the police. Uh, and October 5th is where Leclerc is goes to his work and is trying to get him to take a polygraph test. This interview occurs five days later. It's a follow-up where Leclerc is reaching out to Javier because he wants him to take that polygraph. Uh, and I, I, I'll give you the basic details. The big reveal here is that he seems very, very confident that Becky started work on that Sunday, the night that she was killed, that she was due to work at 11 p.m. Up to this point, it's been really up in the air. Uh, we've, we've never heard any definitive answers. There's no interviews with uh, Denny's employees from that time in the case file. When we heard from the Denny's manager years later, he said she could have started at 8, 9, 10, or 11. We weren't sure. It's kind of hard to tell from her phone records. Uh, but Javier says in this interview that she was due into work at 11 p.m. Uh, a couple other things here. Notice some of the phone calls he makes. Most of them track with his phone records. But he, but he also mentions in this interview that the night of the murders, he tried to call Becky's home line and got a busy signal. Those calls do not appear on his cell phone records, and it never shows that he tried to call her home line at all. Uh, so that's just something to note. Uh, I think it's worth listening to this if you can handle listening to these interviews. Again, it's about 14 minutes long, uh, but not only are you going to hear those details amongst others, but also we're hearing a very different Javier in this interview. He comes across as very strong-willed. He is determined he has not taken that polygraph, and he is not taking any of Leclerc's shit. I actually got to hand it to Javier here. I mean, he really sticks to his guns, and if you already didn't like Detective Leclerc, you're probably really not going to like him after this one, uh, but Javi really puts him in his place during this interview. So without further ado, we're going to play Javier's interview from October 10th. This is the follow-up to the October 5th interview where he was interviewed at work, where Detective Leclerc is trying to get him to take a polygraph test. I don't want to take it anymore. Why not? No, I just don't want to anymore. Well, why do you keep telling me you're going to take it? I was going to, and then I, I thought about it over the weekend, and then I just decided not to. Okay. I mean, you don't want to help out your friend? 
I want to, but I don't, I don't want to take that polygraph. Well, how else can we exclude you from being involved? No, I don't know. I just don't want to take that polygraph test. Okay. But you want to be excluded from the investigation, right? Yeah, I just don't want to do that polygraph. Well, I understand that. But how can we exclude you? Uh, I don't know. Are you involved with this? No, I'm not. Not at all. I mean, are you feeling guilty about something? No. I'm not, I'm not feeling guilty about anything. I'm not involved. I wasn't involved in anything. I just don't want to take the polygraph. Okay. Well, you, you, before you're, you seem so strong about taking it to clear your name and help out Becky and, and do the honorable thing. Yeah, I know, but I just, I thought about it and I just decided not to take the polygraph anymore. But what's to think about? What did you think about? No, I was, I was talking with some people and everything and I just decided not to take it. Okay. So how can we exclude you? What can we do? I don't know, but I don't, I don't want to do that polygraph. Okay. So you want to do something else? Um, it, what, I don't know what else there is. I mean, well, Becky's your friend, right? Yep. You want to help find the person who did this to Becky and her family? I do, but I don't want to take that polygraph test. Okay. So I'm wasting time with you, then the other person can be getting away, right? Mm-hmm. And that don't bother you? It does, but I don't want to take that polygraph. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many times you're going to keep asking me, and I'm just going to keep saying I don't want to take it, I don't want to take it. So, I mean, you're just wasting your breath, but just keep asking me. Well, you kept telling me you did, so maybe if I keep asking, you'll change your mind like you did last time. No, but this, no, I'm not changing my mind anymore. I'm not, I'm not taking it. Maybe there's something you're not telling me. No, it's just that I talked to, uh, I talked to my dad about it, and my mom talked to some of her attorneys and some other people, and then... They're all telling me not to take it, not to take it, and I'm going to take their advice. I'm not going to take it. Okay. That's, 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 that's all it is. I just... Hey, remember that day I talked to you at the office? When you were in my office and uh, yeah. I talked to you? Mm-hmm. And you had showed me your phone that had a phone log of, you know, the times uh, Becky called you and you talked to her? Yeah. Remember that? And I wrote down, there was like, probably like 10 times on the that Sunday that your phone had that log? Yeah. And then the last phone call was actually a phone call you got a couple of days later from Drew. Remember that? Yeah. Um, was there any phone calls that you deleted on there? There were, but they were only from like from my mom, my like my cousin. Like, no, I mean any friend. calls from Becky, from no. Becky to you or you to Becky? No, those those, those were all of them right there. Okay. And if I remember correctly, you said at 6.40 was the last time you talked to her? Yeah, that was the last time. Now, did you have any emails or text messages to her phone or call her at all after that that she didn't yep. answer? I, I called her at, I called her job at 11.05 p.m. Because okay. I knew she was supposed to be at work at 11 and she hadn't called me. So I called her job and her manager said she wasn't home. So then I tried calling her cell phone to see where she was, but went straight to voicemail since it was off. And I tried calling her house line a couple times, but it was busy. What time did you call that? Um, that was all between 11 to about 11.10. It was like 10 minutes, I just... Did you ever talk to her at 7 o'clock hour? No, not that I know. The last phone call said 6.40. That was the last time I talked to her, and I know that was a five-minute long conversation. But I don't... I've been mad. That's the last time I talked to her. 
What about, I tried to talk to her and she didn't answer. She didn't answer, that was at uh, 11 o'clock. Okay. Uh, 11.05, that's when I tried to contact her. Well, what about, there was a couple of phone calls, three to be precise, in the 7 o'clock hour that were made either from your phone to Becky's or Becky's to yours. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't talk to her. That was the last time I talked to her, it was 6.40. Okay, but I'm telling you that there's three calls in the 7 o'clock hour that show between your phone and her phone. Between her phone and my, I don't, I don't remember calling her or anything. Because that was the last time I talked to her, so that's when I lost my signal. I'm, I'm sure I probably tried calling her back when I tried to have a signal, but it didn't go through. But that, that was the last time I talked to her, it was 6.40. Okay, so you're pretty much telling me the just all mass out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was. Cause, I mean, you going to do anything life. else to help out your friend? I do, but I mean, I, don't, I just don't want to take that polygraph. Okay. I just, I, I just don't want to take that. So why didn't you talk to Becky between 7.30 and 11 o'clock? Because I thought she was still going to be out there on that hike. I never knew that if, if uh, what Robert said was true, if he canceled on her or not. I mean, I thought she was on her hike, so I just never tried to call her. Because I knew she wasn't at home. Hmm. Did you talk to Jacob at all? Did I talk to him? I talked to him uh, a couple hours ago. Okay. Did you get my message earlier today? Uh, not that I know of. I never asked him about anything. No, the message I left on your phone. Uh, no. You check your messages? I didn't today, not yet. I was working. I just got home. I mean, you spent all day on your phone talking to everyone, and you never seem to call me back. I mean, that's kind of suspicious in itself, don't you think? If I don't know the number, I usually never answer it. I mean, I don't, I don't have your number saved into my phone. Well, I left my, I left my number on your voicemail. I never, I never checked it. I mean, I can, I can check it right now. But I never checked my voicemail today. I mean, I have called you back, and other times... Why? Once uh, about seven to ten calls, I left messages for you. I, I called them back. And it almost seems like you got something to hide. I'm, I'm not hiding anything. I have nothing to hide at all. Well, you I had nothing to hide. Why do you think so animate about taking the polygraph? He was animate about it because he wanted you guys to just get off his back, too, like I was, but, I mean... After we talked to some people, we just decided not to take it anymore. Oh, so Jacob's the same way, huh? Mm-hmm. We just decided we're just taking everyone's advice and we're just going to follow it and we're not going to want to take it. That doesn't seem to be Jacob's opinion. Because I know my, my father told him the same thing that my mom told me, and they both told him, and he told me that he didn't want to take it either. So what else did your dad tell you? No, nothing. He just told me not to, not to take the polygraph. <laughs> I'm not going to take it now. So, um, do you have any other ideas who could have done this to Becky and her family? No idea. I mean, I gave you all the names that I knew and what she was supposed to be doing that day, but other than that, I have, I have no idea. I have no idea what her parents were into. Like, I, 
I have no nothing about that. I don't know. I can't think of any reason why anyone would want to do that to Becky. Yeah. Did you have a reason? Did what? Did you have a reason? I never had a reason. Why would I have a reason? I don't know. You seem to be driving around aimlessly up by her house on Sunday night. That doesn't mean I'm crazy enough to go and murder a family of three people with someone that I really care about. That means the one reason why I had to do that, that would be like, I would just come home and just kill somebody just for fun. I mean, just because I'm in the area doesn't mean anything. I'm just trying to figure out why you're driving around aimlessly up there. I already told you. Like, I mean, I just did that to relax. When I get bored and I have nothing else to do, I'll go for a drive just to get me something to do. If I'm out somewhere and the freeway's right there and I'm bored and I have enough gas, I go, huh, I guess I'll just drive out here and I'll drive back. It's a normal thing. I mean, I did that with my friends all the time. I'd always call them, hey, you guys want to come to Anza with me? For what? I don't know, just to drive around. No, I'm all right. Okay. And my hands, I'd come right back. So why don't you just go hang out at Becky's until her friend came out there? I was going to. She called me when I was talking to her. She told me to go over. And at the last second, she decided not to have me come over because she didn't want it to be an awkward situation. What's well, so awkward, awkward about it? it be because her ex-boyfriend was supposed to go up there to go hang out or whatever, and she thought it would be an awkward situation. I didn't. I mean, it, I'm fine with him. It's not a big deal. Man, I really don't care. But she thought it would be a big deal, so she said not to come over. I said, all right. And I left that back. I mean, if you're her best friend, what's so awkward about it? I don't know. She thought it would be awkward because I've known her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, for like, since my freshman year in high school. And I don't know. She thought it would be weird because I know him, she knows him, and we all know each other. I just don't know. I mean, she might have thought it would have been awkward, but I didn't think so. So what did she tell you about Robert coming up there? All she told me was that Robert and Christian were supposed to go up there to go for hiking on Sunday after he got off of work. When did they plan this? Uh, they planned that during earlier in the week, like about, um, I want to say between Monday and Wednesday. It's when they started planning a hike, and then over time they just said, you know what, let's just do it on Sunday since we're both busy. How long has she communicated with Robert since they were all broken up for a while? Uh, they didn't talk. They didn't talk at all? They didn't talk at all. I know she said in the beginning they talked for a little while, and then after that he just stopped talking to her. Yeah, but I mean more recently, in the last few weeks. More recently, it was just that week of, uh, of Sunday. It was the Monday of that week. I mean, he just started calling her that week from the first time in, like, the last couple months. That's why I kind of found it awkward. And then when I called him, he was like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I canceled the hike. And she got all upset about it. And I can't, I can't call Becky and ask her if he actually did or not. You know? That's what Robert told you? Yeah, that's what he told me. He said that, that he canceled on her and that because of some other guy was supposed to go up there and she was trying to make him jealous or something, so then he decided not to go. But what other guy? I don't know, some, he said it was supposed to be some, like, marine guy or something, but I, I don't know of any other guy that was supposed to go on that hike, and I don't know. I don't know if he made that up, I don't know if she asked this guy at the last second, if he might have lived up there, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've never heard of this guy before. So Robert's trying to say that him and Christian and some unknown marine were all supposed to go up there? 
not together, but they're supposed to end up at the same place based well, on Becky's request? They, they were supposed to go, Becky was supposed to go on a hike with Robert, and Robert wanted to bring Christian with him. And I guess Becky agreed to that, and uh, they were supposed to go up there Sunday after they got off of work, and they were supposed to go on a hike. And she would have to go to work at 11. Now, who's telling you this, Robert or Becky? No, Becky told me this. She told me I was sitting there in the, uh, in the room while she was on the phone talking to him. And then she told me afterwards that she hung up. She was in whose room? In my room. What day was this? Um, I'm not really sure because, I mean, he called her that whole week, so I'm not, I'm not sure what day that was. What time of day was it? Um, I'd say about, about maybe this time, like late afternoon, maybe more around noon to five around that time. Okay, well, unfortunately, uh, you don't choose not to help Becky out here, so we're going to have to do some other stuff. Alright. Call me back if you change your mind. Alright. Alright, bye. Okay, the date was the 10th of October at 4.03, and that was a telephone call I made to uh, Javier Garcia. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, the big thing that we're going to use from Javier's interview that we're going to be applying to the rest of this episode is his assertion that Becky was doing to work at 11 p.m. on the night of the murders. He says that he called Denny's at 11 because that's when she was due in. Uh, it's interesting, as we've talked about before, that he doesn't try to call her anytime after they talk at 6:40. He never tries to call her again. Doesn't try to text her. No contact with her home phone or her cell phone. He just tries first to call her at work, which is interesting, particularly because in his previous interviews, he'd said that he'd never called Denny's before. And we're also going to find out that that's not entirely accurate. So moving forward, what we're going to do for the rest of this episode, I tried to find a good way to format this. And what I landed on is just to do the same thing we did the last time we went through other cell phone records, the smaller sample of cell phone records, which is just to read them off to you. I'll give you some analysis along the way. 
It's really going to be off the cuff. I've been analyzing these for the last three days, uh, but there's there's still just a lot going on. And I think it's best if I just put them out there for you, put the document out there for you, and then we'll talk about it more in the Friday follow-up. Alrighty, our phone records begin on the 12th of September. So that is Tuesday night. They begin at 12.09 a.m. Tuesday. So that's Monday night going into Tuesday. So what we're going to be walking through is we'll see kind of Becky's pattern, what she's doing, what she was up to on Monday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday, all the way up until she gets the call from Robert on Wednesday night. There's the breakup on Thursday. We have the conflict at Denny's on Saturday. Backing up a bit, we have Bo and Javier coming to her house on Friday night. And then, of course, the murders on Saturday. So to me, it paints a really good picture when we're walking through just her records. I have 65 pages of records that Teresa has put together. Um, but part of what we're doing with formatting and stuff is breaking down a document that only has calls to or from Becky's cell phone or her home line during this this period from the 12th up through the 19th. So for about for one week. And we're going to start, as I said, with 12.09 a.m. So just after midnight, Monday night into Tuesday. And we start out with a few calls from Jacob calling Becky's cell phone. So right away. That gives us some information about where she was at. If Jacob's trying to get a hold of her, then that means she's not with him, which means she's not staying at his house that night. Because um, we have that kind of wrestling between Austin saying that Becky pretty much lived at their house and Javier saying she spends most nights at his house. Um, so what we know, it seems like, is that on Monday night, she was not with Jacob. So you have uh, Jacob calling her at 12.09 a.m., 12.23 a.m., 12.31 a.m., and 2.37 a.m. So there's four calls from Jacob through the night. It's interesting. That these are So they start at midnight all the way through 2.37 a.m. on Monday night into Tuesday morning. Uh, and it appeared that none of those calls are answered. There's nothing in the duration spot, so I assume that just means they weren't picked up. Some of these things are a little confusing because sometimes they'll show 12, 15, 30 seconds that could be a voicemail, could be a pickup, probably voicemails or missed calls. And some of them just don't show a duration, particularly the ones that come from Jacob Santiago's cell phone records. So we have those four calls Tuesday night. And then at six in the morning, Claire calls Becky cell. The duration's two seconds, so there's no pickup there. 7.20, Claire calls her again. Uh, and then at 8.30, we see that same thing I had mentioned way back when we did the cell phones last time. That in her phone records, there's a caller number that is just 1515. Uh, and it's always a text message. And we see here at 8.30 a.m., Becky got a text from 15. Now, she never texts back 15. So I don't know what that is. If it's maybe a message from her cell phone carrier, I don't know. But she gets a text at 8.30 from 15. And then one minute later... Becky finally looks like so maybe she, it must be when she's awake because there's there's Jacob's trying to call her Claire's trying to call her and then finally at 831 we see activity from Becky uh, or Becky cell calls a phone number that ends in 0806 it's a number we haven't identified yet then we get two more texts from that 15 number uh, and then at 833 Becky calls Claire Ripito back there's no duration on that. Uh, and then they got a text from Claire to Becky. They exchanged. I'm not going to go through every single call, 
but there's a text exchange back and forth between Claire and Becky there for a little bit around 8.30 in the morning. And then at 9.19, Becky calls home. She calls the, the Friedley landline at 9.19 in the morning, and there's no duration on that one either. So I don't know if that was missed, picked up, wasn't in the records properly. We're definitely finding now that we're really digging into these cell phone records that there, there are several holes. Moving on, the next minute there at 9.20, Jacob calls Becky's cell, and the duration is 65 seconds. Uh, And then two minutes later, Jacob again calls Becky's cell. The duration is just over two minutes. Uh, And then Becky calls a number that ends in 0012. That's five seconds in duration, and that's at 9.58 p.m. So interesting. So that, that Tuesday, Monday night into Tuesday morning, You've got a lot of Jacob trying to call Becky and not getting through. I don't know if the uh, 65-second call or the 124-second call, if those were actually picked up or if those went to voicemail. Considering they're they're two minutes apart, doesn't seem like they picked up and had a conversation unless it was a pickup and a hang-up. Um, but, but remember, we have, uh, I think, Rolando and definitely Austin saying that Jacob had been trying to get a hold of her for days and couldn't get a hold of her and was worried. I'm wondering if maybe that wasn't starting here on Tuesday because we've got, you know, all through the night from 1209, 1230, 237 a.m. And then again at 9.20 a.m. and 9.22 a.m., Jacob's trying to call Becky. Then starting around 10 in the morning up until almost noon, You've got Claire Ripito trying to call Becky several times. Looks like one, two, three, four, five, six times. Claire tries to call her. The call times are all five seconds, four seconds, three seconds. So they're not going through. Then at 1240, someone from the Friedley landline, so either mother or John, uh, are calling Becky at 1240. And again, at 128, they're 19 seconds and 22 seconds. Then we have Janelle Picard trying to call Becky. Another four-second call. That's at 240. Uh, A couple of unknown numbers try to call her. Janelle calls her again. Claire calls her again. Janelle, Becky then calls Janelle back at 4.15 p.m. uh, And they talk for about a minute. Then we've got another text from that 15. And then we've got Becky calling that 0806 number again. And then another text from the 15. What I've noticed is a pattern from what we saw earlier at like 8.30 in the morning is that Becky gets a text from 15. And then she calls a number that we haven't identified that ends in 0806 and then gets another text from 15 right afterwards. That happened at 830 in the morning and the exact same pattern happened here again at 416 in the afternoon. I'm not sure what that means, but it seems like maybe it's something like check a voicemail, something from her carrier. I'm not sure. Uh, Then after that, at 417, Becky calls someone named John. Now, this is not her stepdad, her mom's boyfriend, John Hayward. There's just someone named John. That's all we know. And we get that from there's a file in the report where the police were calling numbers from Becky's cell phone and trying to figure out who they were. And it's transcribed it was a recorded call and it was transcribed in there. And the guy has kind of a smart assy message where, you know, he's, he's acting like he's talking. He's not there. And then he's like, oh, just kidding. Leave a voicemail. This is John. Uh, I, I haven't found a follow up to see if we get a last name or anything else from John. Just that that number when they called it, they got a voicemail, and the voicemail said the person's name was John. That call was 37 seconds, uh, and then Becky at 418 tries to call her landline again. There's no duration there, so it looks like that call didn't go through. 
Then at 419, that same John calls Becky Sell, and they talk for 49 seconds. After that, we've got another call from Becky calling home for 60 seconds. Not sure if that was picked up or not. And then at 4.35 p.m. on Tuesday, Becky calls Denny's. It's a six-second call. So I'm not sure what that's about. She only works weekends. Maybe she was calling for a schedule. I don't know. But it's only a six-second call. But Becky calls Denny's at 4.35 on Tuesday. Then around 5, we have some calls back and forth with some friends. Uh, there's Claire calls Becky. Her friend Desiree calls her. Then at 5.13, Becky calls Gray Gulky. I think that's how you pronounce the last name. Now You'll remember the name Gray from Javier, who said that she was dating a guy named Gray, who was a real asshole. Remember all the things that Javier said about him that was an ex-boyfriend from a ways back? Well, here at 5.13 on Tuesday, Becky called Gray. So that's new information. I didn't know until we went through these records that she had contact with him. Also, notice through this entire day Tuesday, who we don't see any contact back and forth with, is with Javier, which leads me to believe that she's likely with Javier, and you'll see why later, because you can re- you can tell when she's not with him, because they're texting and talking back and forth constantly, but here we have this whole day where she's not talking to Javier on the phone, so she could be with him. I'm not sure about that. Um, but so at 5.13, she calls Gray, then there's there's more calls with Claire back and forth. Uh, And then at 5.35, Javier sends Becky a text. That's the first time we see Javier on the records. Um, So at 5.35 on Tuesday, she's not with Javi anymore. And then at 6 o'clock, Becky calls Denny's again. There's no duration listed for that one. Two minutes later, Becky calls Gray again, six-second duration. And then we've got Claire calling Becky a couple of times. Becky calls her back. 6.07, Becky calls Denny's again, this time for 43 seconds. And then at 6.13, just a few minutes later, Denny's calls her back, and it's a 39-second call. And we have here that same pattern. The number 15 texts Becky. Becky calls the number that ends in 0806. Then the number 15 texts her back, all within two minutes of each other. Then we have calls from Claire and Janelle. Becky calls home again at 6.20. She calls her friend Desiree Clark. At 6.32, then she calls John, who's not John Hayward, just the John from the voicemail. It's a 30-second call. She gets a call from a number we haven't identified. Javier calls her at 6.55 on Tuesday. That's a one-second call. Then Becky's landline calls her cell phone at 7.08, and that's uh, about a two-minute conversation. So someone from home was contacting her. So one thing we do know is she was in the valley all night Tuesday somewhere. Not with Jacob, because Jacob was constantly trying to get a hold of her all night. We don't see any contact with Javier until 5 in the afternoon, so we can assume maybe she was staying at Javier's house. We have messages, we have calls coming in from Claire and from Janelle. It seems like she wasn't with them. But she is still in contact with home, because we've seen multiple times where she tries to call home, and then uh, at 7.08 p.m., someone from home calls her cell phone. Talks to her friend Janelle, not Janelle Picard, but Janelle Mick Machu, I'm so I have no idea how to pronounce that name. It's M C M I C H E A U X. Mick Machu, I don't know. Um, but we're going to talk more about her next week. She calls Becky. Uh, there's a number that ends in 1000, calls Becky. She calls Claire. There's one, two, three calls from that John, the guy that we don't know his last name. Those are all four, six, four seconds. Janelle calls her. 
John calls her again with no duration. Then that same pattern again. It's interesting. I hadn't noticed this pattern until as I'm sitting here reading this, uh, as I've got it all formatted to just Becky's calls, that it's the same pattern again. At 11.06 p.m. on Tuesday, 15 sends a text message to Becky. Becky calls the 0806 number. Now, that's, that's not the whole number. That's just the last four. And then 15 texts her again right afterwards. So there's definitely something procedural with her carrier, I think, going on with that number 15. Uh, at 11.13 p.m., Becky calls Janelle. And finally, at 11.17, she calls Jacob back. Doesn't go through. It's a four-second call. Uh, but I think that's the first time that she called Jacob back when he had been calling her all night and morning. And she calls him twice. Right after that, she called him again at 11.18. It's a 33-second call. Uh, that one says routed, which I believe means it went to voicemail. So she doesn't connect with him, but she did call him back uh, about quarter after 11 that night. Then she calls Janelle. I'm just going to say Janelle M. So I don't butcher her name anymore. Uh, and then Becky calls Austin and Jacob's landline at 11.22 p.m. on Tuesday night. And that is a 112-second call, so just shy of two minutes. And then six minutes later, she calls the landline again. And it's a 10-second call, and that's the last call for Tuesday. Now, let's continue on from where we were. So we just ended up at midnight on Tuesday, so now we're getting into Wednesday morning. Now, this is Wednesday because it's midnight, but this is Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. Remember, Wednesday night is the night that Robert reached out to Becky, and they started talking again. So the first thing right at midnight, Javier texts Becky, then Becky texts Javier, Javier texts Becky, Becky texts Javier, Javier texts Becky. So interesting on Monday night, it looks like Becky was probably with Javier. Certainly can't eliminate that she was with him because she's not in contact with him. We can be pretty clear she wasn't with Jacob because he was trying to call her all night and all morning. Now, Tuesday night at oh, just after 11 o'clock at night. She calls Jacob twice with no contact. Then she calls his landline at 1122. Uh, there's less than a two-minute conversation. 1128, she calls again, 10 seconds of duration in that call. And then a half hour later, Javier starts texting her. So the last text back and forth with Javier during this little chunk there ends at 1225. So you know, 25 minutes after midnight. Uh, Becky then calls Janelle M., and then about six minutes later, she calls the other Janelle, Janelle Picard. Then at 12.50 a.m., Javi texts her again. She texts Javi right back. Javi texts her again. She texts him right back. Then at 12.54 a.m., it's so almost one in the morning, Becky then calls the John, not John Hayward. Uh, then we have another text from Javi to Becky. And then Becky calls a number we haven't identified at 1.16 a.m., Becky calls John again. That's a 68-second call. I forgot to mention the last one was an 85-second call. This one's 65-second. Then at 2.27 a.m., Becky calls Jacob's cell phone, and it goes to voicemail. And then Becky calls Jacob's home line, two seconds, calls Jacob's home line again, 24 seconds. She then calls his cell phone again, goes to voicemail, 28 seconds. So... At this point, it doesn't seem like Becky's with Javier because she's texting back and forth with it. all from midnight here. We're at two thirty in the morning right now on Wednesday, just a Tuesday night into Wednesday. And we've got during that time from midnight to two a.m. We've got a bunch of text messages back and forth with Javier. 
We also see that she's calling Jacob. She's calling Jacob's home. Presumably, she's not at Jacob's home if she's calling Jacob's home. Uh, so, And we know that she's not at her house because she has no cell service up there. So, as of right now, don't know where she was at on Tuesday night. At 2.32 a.m., Javier calls Becky. They talk for 113 seconds, just shy of two minutes. So that's the duration on the call. And then her phone goes quiet until 5.47 a.m. And then there, Becky texts Claire at 5.47 in the morning. Then Becky calls Jacob again at 7.30 in the morning. That's 110 seconds. Don't know if that was a pickup or a voicemail. But then at 7.35, just five minutes later, she calls Claire. And that's just over a two-minute phone call. So we have this contact. So at 5.47 in the morning, she's calling Claire. She's trying to call Jacob all night. She's texting back and forth with Javier. She's not home. I don't know where Becky was at on Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. It's kind of the known places she stays from what we know is Jacob's house, Javier's house, or Claire's house, or her house. doesn't seem like she was at any of those places. She could, I guess, have been at Claire's because we don't have any call from Claire until 5.47 a.m. So maybe she had left or Claire had left at that point. I don't know. But it's just interesting that we don't know where she was at on Tuesday night. and doesn't seem to be at kind of her usual places. As the morning goes on, Claire sends Becky a text at 8.20 in the morning. Becky texts her back. There's a conversation back and forth there. Uh, at 9.24, Becky calls Jacob. It's 40 seconds. Don't know if that was picked up or voicemail. Then we got tech at 925 text from Claire to Becky back and forth. Then Becky at 926 starts texting back and forth with a number that ends in 6518. They exchange several texts back and forth. There's also Javier text her in the middle of that at 1011 a.m. He texts her again at 1018 a.m. And they're kind of texting back and forth for a little while there. Uh, and then at 1023, Jacob calls Becky, but it's an eight second call. Doesn't look like it went through. Then Becky tries to call Jacob. It definitely goes to voicemail. And then Becky calls Jacob at 1023 AM on Wednesday. And that is a 400 second conversation. So I think that's very likely almost absolutely was an actual conversation. It's actually the first time we see that they actually spoke any of those other ones could have been voicemails. They were within the amount of time or it could have been a voicemail. Uh, but but over 300 seconds, usually that would cap off the voicemail time. So the, this, this is a real conversation. And that occurs at 1023 on Wednesday morning. After that, you just got text messages between Javier and Becky back and forth. Uh, Becky calls Janelle, Janelle Picard. Uh, there's a 31 second duration there. Uh, a lot of more back and forth. Javier's calling Becky several times. It looks like missed calls all around the 1040, 1049 hour. Uh, Becky then calls Janelle. She calls Javier at 1056. They talk for 308 seconds. Uh, and then Becky calls her mom's cell phone at 1114 on Wednesday. Uh, but that's only a three second duration. And then at 1116 on Wednesday, Becky calls Gray again. That's a 153-second call from Becky to Gray on Wednesday at 11.16 a.m. Then at noon, Jacob calls Becky's cell. It's 25 seconds. Not sure if that went through. Uh, Janelle calls her cell. Then Claire. Jacob calls her again at 12.12. There's not much going on here. Text back and forth with Janelle, with Claire. Uh, Jacob calls her again at 1 in the afternoon. 
She talks to him for 90 seconds. 139, she calls him. Then Javier calls Becky at 2 o'clock. Doesn't go through. Janelle calls Becky at 201. Uh, and then here we have the number 15 text Becky at 201 p.m., but she doesn't respond with calling that other number. She just gets the text. Uh, and then Janelle calls Becky's cell. And then Jacob calls her again for 55 seconds. We're at like 2.09 p.m. now. Then, and here it is, it just took a few seconds. So the text from 15 came in at 2.01 p.m. And 10 minutes later at 2.11 p.m., Becky calls the number that ends in 0806. And then a minute later, 15 texts her again. So we have, do have the same pattern. There's just a couple other calls in between there. Then at 2.12, Becky makes another call to Jacob. It's nine seconds. Then at 2.30, Janelle calls Becky, and there's no duration on that. From here, we're going to start to get into some interesting territory, some areas we really want to pay attention to. I know I'm, uh, there's a lot of the Janelles and Claire's and stuff text that I'm throwing in there. I'm trying to kind of breeze past most of them for now because I don't think they're too critical to us figuring out what was going on. But we're coming into Wednesday afternoon. So what was going on on Wednesday afternoon is, number one, that night, Wednesday night into Thursday, is when Robert contacts Becky for the first time. Also, don't forget, on Thursday morning, remember, Becky was going to Sky Valley, according to Javier, because she had left her phone there. So, and we've kind of thought maybe it was at Nick Crumb's house is where they were that night. He's, I don't think, able to confirm that because it's too long ago. Um, but, but we're, so we're looking in the phone records. Where was the gap when she didn't have her phone? If, if this, this next morning coming up is when she was going to Sky Valley to get it. We're going to take a quick break right here for the ads. Then we're going to come back and get back into Wednesday afternoon leading into Thursday morning. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. I'm going to try to skip ahead as quickly as we can here. Again, these records should be up on the website for you to get all the details. But essentially, we got a lot of text messages going back between Javier and Becky and Janelle Picard and Becky. Uh, there's calls to that Janelle M more texts and calls from Javier to Becky. Becky calls Desiree Clark, Janelle M again. And I'm going to jump to the nine o'clock hour, 9 PM Wednesday night. So at nine Oh six PM, Becky calls Jacob. We hadn't she hadn't talked to him since earlier, way earlier in the afternoon around noon. And here at 9 PM, she calls Jacobs 55 seconds. Don't know if that went through. Uh, at 9.13, she calls Jacob again. 
914. Jacob calls Becky. There's a 67 second call there that looks like maybe it connected. Uh, but then at 915, he calls again. 42 seconds there. And then uh, at 915, again, several seconds later, he calls again. S- some of these are, are doubled up too. So it's hard to tell when because we have multiple records kind of filling in together in this form. So that may have been three calls or it may have been four calls. Uh, but it doesn't look like there's any kind of long duration of, of phone call coming in or out there. Uh, then at 9.16 p.m., 15 text Becky. And then Becky calls. The number ends in 0806. And then 15 text Becky again. And then at 9.21, Jacob calls Becky's cell. It's two seconds duration, so that didn't connect. Then at 9.22, Jacob texts Becky. And then at 9.40, Jacob texts Becky again. And then at 9.42, Becky calls Jacob for 106 seconds, so just shy of two minutes. 10.24 p.m., Claire Ripito calls Becky. That's 57 seconds. 11.36 p.m., Jacob calls Becky. Uh, doesn't look like that picked up. There's no duration. And then we jump all the way up to 1.22 a.m., where Jacob calls Becky again with no duration. So again, remember we're at now it's 1.30 in the morning on Wednesday night going into Thursday We're about to hear the call from Robert. That's coming up here in the next couple of seconds. Also, supposedly sometime between where we're at right now and Thursday morning, Becky left her phone somewhere in Sky Valley. So let's see if we can pick that apart in here. So the next call we have is at 1.30 a.m. and 42 seconds. Robert Pape's cell phone calls Becky. It's a 25-second call. One minute later, Becky gets a text from 15. She calls 0806. 15 texts her back. And then at 133, Becky calls Robert's cell phone, and they talk for a little over 10 minutes. Now, overlapping with that, so it was a 133 call. They would have not gotten off until 144 about. Uh, But at 141, Jacob calls Becky's cell, and it was not picked up. There's no duration because she was on the phone to Robert when he called her. Then at 1.53 a.m., Becky texts Robert. And then at 2.18 a.m., Robert texts Becky. And then at 2.20 a.m., Becky texts Robert. 2.23, Robert texts Becky. 2.27 a.m., Becky texts Robert again. And then her phone goes dark. And so this seems like it would have to be the time when she left her phone. So I need to go back to listen to, or if any of you listening to this, let me know on social media, what it says, if you've seen anything in the transcripts or if you've heard. But we rem- I remember Javier saying that he was sitting right next to Becky when she got the call from Robert, when she was talking to him. I thought in my memory, in my mind, that, they were, that he had said they were at his house, but I, I'm thinking that's probably not true. It seems like she's with Javier because there's no contact. And it seems anytime there's no contact with Javier seems to line up with when she was with Javier. But what we can surmise from this is if she left her phone in Sky Valley, like Javier said, remember Jacob was going to drive her there that morning, ended up not doing it. Javier did. Uh, That means that all those conversations with Robert that started at 130 in the morning, he called her, then she called him back. And then a series of text messages back and forth between 130 in the morning and 230 in the morning. She would have, I guess, been in Sky Valley at that time because in her phone records, we have the 227 a.m., Text from Becky to Robert, and then nothing on her phone until 8.30 a.m. when Becky's cell phone 
called her landline, called the Friedley landline on Thursday morning. Now, uh, Teresa and I have, have talked about this, and we're not sure what to think here. 8.36 a.m. seems too early for her to have hooked up with Jacob, started to drive to Sky Valley, got mad, came back. Jacob and Javier go to breakfast. Then Becky meets him there, and then they end up leaving. I don't think all of that could have ha- and then drive all the way to Sky Valley before she can make this call to her home line. So this is confusing. So at 2.30, 2.27, she has her phone. She's texting Robert. At 8.30 in the morning, her cell phone calls her parents' landline. Now, what Teresa theorized, and I think it may be accurate, is I don't know if people didn't have locks on their phones back then. I truly can't remember back in 2006. Was it maybe if she forgot her phone somewhere at a friend's house, say maybe at Nick Crum's house, that maybe they would have taken the phone and called the home line to say, hey, you left your phone here. What's interesting is whoever called Becky's landline, is, let's say it was whoever's house she left her phone at, you've got this six-and-a-half-minute call to the home line, but anybody that we have records for, so that is Javier and Jacob, we don't see a call from the home line to either of them to let them know that her phone's there. So I don't know. That's that's 8.36 a.m. call from her cell phone to the home line is kind of a mystery. If that's what it was, it should be noted that it's possible, given the gaps we have in phone records that weren't produced by police, that if, say, Claire or Janelle was with them at the friend's house in Sky Valley and the person called the home line, then... Vicky or John could have called Claire or Janelle and told them to tell Becky that they have the phone and we wouldn't see that on the records, but I don't know. As of now, it's a mystery. 8.36 AM Thursday morning. There's a call from Becky's cell to the, the landline. The next thing we see is at 9.14 AM, you got a text from Javier to Becky. The next thing you have is 9.34 AM. You have a call from Jacob to Becky's cell phone. That lasts 232 seconds, so over four minutes. And then at 9.38, Jacob calls Becky's cell again. That one's 27 seconds. Now, I don't know if Becky has her phone yet at this point. So I don't know if they're trying to call her. that Because 232 seconds is within the window of a long voicemail. It could be a long voicemail, or he could have connected with her. But again, 8.34 a.m. seems super early. They would have had to started way early in the morning. So I need to go back to the interview. I didn't get the impression that they were leaving at six o'clock in the morning to go get her phone. But so I guess it's possible if say at 6 a.m., the whole journey to get the phone, the fight, the breakfast, and then going to get it. If that happened at 6.37 o'clock in the morning, the 8.36 a.m. call from Becky Sell to the Friedley landline could be Becky. She could have already went and got it back by then. Could have been she came back from Sky Valley at 2.23 in the morning is the last time we know she was on her phone when she was texting with Robert. Could have been she drove back and at 5, 6 in the morning realized she didn't have her phone and then wanted to go back. I don't know. Um, But these records, that's the only gap in time when she wasn't using her phone. The first time we know that Becky has her phone back in her hands is at 10.46 a.m. on Thursday Because Becky texts Claire, and then Claire texts her back, and they have a text conversation back and forth that lasts for 15, 20 minutes or so. 
So by 1046, we have confirmation that Becky has her cell phone back. And at 227 a.m., we know that she had her cell phone because she sent a text to Robert. Anything in between there, it's all incoming stuff other than the call out to her landline, which is kind of perplexing. All right, so again, we're talking Thursday morning. This is when the fight and the breakup happened. And I've already walked through what happened leading up till about 11 o'clock in the morning at uh, 10 after 11 or 11 after 11. Uh, Becky's home line called her cell phone 15 seconds. They didn't connect, but Becky calls right back. She calls the landline and there's a 104 second conversation there. So it seems like she probably did connect. Uh, and then at 1139, Robert calls Becky 186 second conversation. And then Claire talks to Becky then after that, we have several text messages just between Janelle and Becky. That's Janelle P., Janelle Picard, and Becky. And then at 2.54 p.m., we have Jacob texting Becky. So now we're at 2.54 p.m., almost 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. Jacob texts Becky, and then Becky texts him back. He texts her again. She texts him back again. And then we don't see anything else on there until 3.30 when Javi starts texting Becky. So... According to Jacob's story, remember, after she had got back from Sky Valley, they connected again. She came over to the house. They talked, and that's when the breakup happened. So I don't know if that would have been after these calls in the afternoon. Seems like it because there's no contact with Jacob after we know she has her phone back at around 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning until here at 3.30 in the afternoon or just before 3 in the afternoon. So there is some contact there. At uh, 3.30, Javi texts Becky. At 3.53, Javi texts Becky again. That seems consistent with if she's at Jacob's house and they're talking and trying to work things out and end up breaking up. That seems to fit with what's going on here. She's obviously not with Javier because he's texting her. He texts her at 3.30. She doesn't text back, which is odd for her compared to what we see before. And then 22 minutes later, Javi texts her again. So that makes sense to me that she could have been at that time at Jacob's house, and that's when the breakup occurred. Then at 4 o'clock, Becky texts Javier back, and they text back and forth from 4 o'clock until about 4.10. Then at 4.35, Becky calls Javi. It's a 22-second call. And then at 4.40 in the afternoon Thursday, Jacob texts Becky. Then we have the uh, 15.08.06.15 pattern at 4.45 p.m. on Thursday. Someone who had a cell phone in 2006 has got to have an idea what this is, what that number 15 that texts come in and why she always makes a call right afterwards. So if you know that, let me know through email or through social media, something, because it's driving me nuts. And I've looked online and I can't find anything. So anyway, at 4.57 p.m., Becky calls Jacob and they don't connect. And then she calls a number ending in 2718. That's a 71-second call. And she calls Jacob at 509. That's 20 seconds. Doesn't look like it connected. And she calls that 2718 number again for 55 seconds. And then the Friedley home line calls Becky at 626 p.m. on Thursday. That's just 21 second call. Janelle M calls Becky. It's 24 seconds. And then the same thing the text from 15, the 806, the text from 15. Becky calls her home line at 6.52 on Thursday, and it's a 63-second call, just over a minute. 6.54, Jacob calls Becky, doesn't connect. At 7 o'clock, Becky texts Claire, and they text back and forth a little bit. 
Uh, at 7.56 p.m., again, we're Thursday night. Someone from the landline calls Becky. It's only an 18-second conversation. And one thing that I noticed by putting the calls into this format, where they're all just just Becky's calls over this long period of time, is you really get an idea of the patterns of when she uses her phone. And she's definitely on her phone a lot. And when you look at these calls in and out, in a list, if you just look at the hour column and the you know the three o'clock hour, the four o'clock hour, what you notice is there aren't gaps there. I mean, every hour there's there's a bunch of threes, a bunch of fours, a bunch of fives, a bunch of sixes, a bunch of sevens. She's always on her phone. That's why I think this is so useful in getting an idea of what she was doing, and also should give us an idea of when she's sleeping. Which, if you're keeping track, isn't much because she was still using her phone. Wednesday night up until 2.30 in the morning, presumably had a drive home from Sky Valley after that, maybe 3 in the morning. And then it seems like she's got phone activity going already at 5.30 in the morning. And then now we're all the way up to 7 p.m. on Thursday night. Still no breaks to sleep. And that's when she got a call from her landline, from her folks at home. At 8 p.m., we got the, the 15 thing happening again, same pattern. At 8.30 that night, she calls her landline, and it's a 222-second conversation, so almost four minutes. That was certainly a call. Uh, 8.40 p.m., Jacob calls her, doesn't connect. Becky then calls Janelle M., and then she calls Jacob. That's a 150-second conversation. And then Becky calls Bo Nash at 10.44 p.m. That's 15 seconds. And at 10.46, she calls Daniela Zeromeno who you guys haven't heard from yet, but it's a it's a friend of Becky's we'll get into later. Then she gets a call from a number that ends in 1683 we haven't been able to identify. That's at 1058. Becky calls that number back at 1032, just a 17-second conversation. Then at 1037 p.m., she calls Robert again. And speaking of that, I think that this is, it's also good putting things in this format where it's all of just Becky's calls. Because when I just listed off the last time we did this, Becky's interactions with Robert, it sounds like a lot. I don't remember what the numbers were. There were like 18 or 22 text messages over three days. It sounds like a lot. But when you look through her records, you see she's talking to all kinds of people all day long in between the times where she has any conversation with Robert. And Robert's not, we also know now, Robert is not the only ex-boyfriend she's talking to. She's also talking to Gray during this time. And I guess technically at this point, now Jacob's an ex-boyfriend because she had just broken up with him. But back to the records, Becky actually sent a text to Robert at 11.37 p.m. uh, And then Javi texts Becky. Becky texts Javi back. So now we know Thursday night, Becky's not with Javier. and She's not with Jacob. She's now with Robert. So this is Thursday night. Getting back to the record, again, 11.37 p.m. uh, She sends a text to Robert. Javier texts her. She texts Javier back. Robert texts her back. And then Javi calls her. She doesn't pick up. Then uh, at 12.30, Javi calls her again. That's 60 seconds. Then at 12.49 a.m., so we're actually into Friday now. Now, this is the time when Jacob says that he's already in Costa Mesa. But we know from these phone records, particularly this call, uh, that on going into that Friday morning, he was not in Costa Mesa. He was still in the Valley. Uh, so it's 12.49. Jacob calls Becky. She doesn't pick up. Then a number ending in 2718 calls Becky. That's five seconds. Janelle M calls Becky. That's 27 seconds. Then at 11.04 a.m. on Friday morning, Becky calls Robert, and that's a 113-second conversation. And this is where we have 
a gap where it looks like Becky was sleeping. I told you, if you can just look down the hour column and see where it is. There's 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's a 1.40 a.m. call. That's when that uh, 2718 number called Becky. Five seconds. She didn't pick that up, so we don't know that she had her phone on at that point. Jacob had called her at 12.49 a.m. She didn't pick that call up. In fact, the last confirmed activity on Becky's cell Thursday night is a text message at 11.38 p.m. where Becky texts Javier. After that, it's all incoming texts, incoming calls, and they weren't answered. So it it looks like after 11.38, maybe that's when she finally went to sleep. We don't know where she was sleeping. She's obviously not with Javier because Javier's texting her and calling her, and she's not answering it. And we also saw at 1249, Jacob is calling her and she's not answering it. So she's not with Javier. She's not with Jacob. So I'm not sure where she was sleeping on that Thursday night into Saturday morning. We also know she's not at home because she had cell phones coverage. But, well, that's not true. She could have been home because she could have, after 1130, went up and wouldn't have had coverage uh, and then didn't come back down into coverage until 11 o'clock the next morning. So that's that's possible. Um, but we have that that dark time from about 11.38 p.m. on Thursday until around 11 in the morning on Friday. And the first activity that came from Becky's phone was Becky calling Robert at 11.04. Then she calls Janelle M. at 11.21. And then, it's, and then it says Becky's cell called Becky's cell. So I don't know if she's checking her voicemail there. Um, but Claire calls her at 1130 in the morning. That's 51 second conversation. Her sister Tanya calls her at 1130 on Friday morning. That's a 101 second conversation. Might've been a voicemail because uh, six minutes later, Becky texts Tanya. And then at 1224, Becky calls Robert again. He doesn't pick up. Then she calls Janelle M. Uh, then we have the call, a bunch of calls between Claire and her, um, and then we're back to Jacob again now at 12.37 p.m. Becky calls Jacob, and there's a 93-second conversation there. Uh, so that one seems like it's probably picked up. Could have been a voicemail, not sure. Uh, and then at 12.41 p.m., Javier texts Becky. So for as far as Javier's connection, we've got him texting her at 11.37 at night. She texts him at 11.38. He texts her... He tried to call her a couple times after that, around midnight. She didn't answer. And then 12 hours later at 12.41 p.m., he texts her again. So moving through Friday, and and by the way, as a as I mentioned, there was no script for this episode. We're just doing this off the cuff. Um, I'm probably going to cut this off after Friday, and I'm not going to make you ma- wait a week. I'll probably do a bonus episode maybe um, earlier next week, but... As you guys know, Kelly's on assignment in Ireland, and I'm, she's taking time off of her vacation to edit, and this episode's getting super long, way longer than I wanted it to, um, so we're going to wrap this up with Friday, and right now we're at around noon on Friday, uh, 1241, Javi texts Becky again, and then Claire calls Becky, Becky calls Claire, then Becky texts Javier back at 1.37 p.m., so she lets an hour go by before she texts him back. Javi texts her right back. Looks like Becky texts her, checks her voicemail a couple times at 1.38. Then Javi texts Becky again. Becky then calls Javier three seconds. So many missed calls. One thing you'll see when you go through these records, 
there are so many missed calls. It's I've never seen so much people who seem to want to talk to each other missing each other's calls constantly back and forth. But anyway, back to the records at 2.37 p.m., Javier calls Becky Sell. That's 60 seconds. Don't know if that went through or not. But one minute later, he calls again. That's another 60 seconds. It seems like they're not going through. Becky calls Javier at 3.14 p.m. Seems to miss the call. It's a three-second conversation or three-second duration. Then Becky calls Claire. Doesn't go through. Javi calls Becky at 3.30. That's a two-minute conversation. At 3.37, Becky calls Javier for 21-second conversation. Probably didn't go through. 3.40, Javi calls Becky Sell. That's a two-minute conversation. So there's a, there's a bunch of calls here around the 3, 4 o'clock hour where Javier's calling Becky and Becky's calling Javier. Without reading all these, what we can surmise from this is uh, Becky was not with Javier on Friday. I mean, we've got all these calls from him, and, and the, the record is Becky to Javier, Javier to Becky, Becky to Javier all day. There's nothing with Robert Pape. There's nothing with Jacob. Uh, on Friday afternoon, everything is between Claire and Becky and Javier and Becky all day long on Friday, all the way up until 7, 12 p.m. Uh, and that's when things change at least a little bit, because otherwise it's just text messages back and forth from Javier. Uh, at 7, 12, Becky calls Jacob, 27 seconds. And with that, in that same minute, Bo Nash calls Becky, five seconds. Becky calls Jacob again, four seconds. They're not connecting. Uh, then Javier still texting Becky at 713. They're still not together. 723, Becky calls Jacob. It's 25 seconds. 8 o'clock, Javier calls Becky's home line. 60 seconds. So now we're getting into the Friday night. Remember that Javier and Bo left the party at Nick Corlines and went up to Becky's on Friday night. We'll take a quick break here. We're going to get back in. I'm at least going to get you through. Sorry, Kelly. We're going to get you through Friday night and Saturday morning uh, because we have some some markers there. We've got the party going on. We've got Javier and Bo going to Becky's house. They woke up together. Bo heads back to work. So we're going to get you at least through there in this episode right after a short break. I'm going to pick back up at 7.13 p.m. Uh, and that's because at, at 7.13, you have a text from Javier to Becky. And at that same time, you have a call from Bo Nash to Becky that was looks like it was picked up. It was 124 seconds, uh, so just over a two-minute duration. So at 7.13 p.m., Becky is still in the valley. Her phone still has service. Javier's texting her. Javier's been texting her all day. Uh, and Bo calls her, and we know, at least from their stories, Javier and Bo are together that night. Uh, at 7.15, Becky texts Javier. 7.23, she calls Jacob. 25 seconds, no answer. Then we jump up to 8.04 p.m., and there you have Javier calling Becky's home line for 60 seconds. I don't know if that's picked up or not, because remember, Javi's records, which is where that record would come from, only show whole minutes. So it just shows one minute there. But at least at 8.04 p.m., Javi believes Becky is home because he's calling her home line instead of her cell. Uh, at 8.15, Jacob calls Becky's cell and connects for 266 seconds. So they talk on Friday night. That's, again, one of the calls that show that Jacob was not in Costa Mesa. He was still in the Valley. 
And it looks like at 815, Becky was still in the Valley, at least somewhere where she still had reception at 815, because it looks like she definitely picked up that call. And then it seems like right, looks like right after they got off that call, Jacob called her again for another 251 seconds. And then uh, at 835, Becky's cell phone calls Janelle. That's a three-second call. but So that's Becky using her phone. She had service, so she's still down in the valley at 835. Then uh, Janelle calls her back right after that. And then at 849, Javi calls Becky's home again. Now, that's a 300-second conversation. That's a five-minute conversation. And we stopped seeing Becky's cell phone in use at that point. So it seems like the conversation with Janelle Picard and with Jacob was probably happening as Becky was driving up the hill towards home. And by 8.49 p.m., Becky's at home and Javier called. I don't know how Javier – so Javier must have still been in the Valley then too if he called because he had service. So he calls her and has this 300-second conversation. So 8.49, Javi appears to not be at the party yet because he still had cell phone coverage. But it looks like Becky probably was home by that point because we have no more contact with Becky's cell phone. But what we do see is at 11.56 p.m., which this fits the pattern. Remember, we're going to run into this on Sunday night. We have these confusing calls from Becky's landline to her cell phone. Well, here we have a time when we know Becky was alive. There's no indication she had lost her phone. At 11.56 p.m., Becky's landline calls Becky's cell phone for 39 seconds. Um, so I'm gonna gonna go back to what I originally thought those were, which is probably her checking her voicemail. Uh, then at 11:57 from the landline, Becky calls Jacob. That's 95 seconds, uh, and it says routed, which means I think that means it went to a voicemail. Uh, yeah, so that must have went to voicemail. 12:06 she calls from the landline, calls Jacob again. Seven seconds. At 12.07, calls again. That one's three seconds. They're not going through. 12.08, she tries again. 12.09, she tries again. So we have multiple calls from Becky from her landline around midnight trying to call Jacob. Then at 12.09 a.m., after multiple attempts to call Jacob, Becky from the landline calls Robert Papecell, and they talk for 289 seconds, so that's close to five minutes. And then at 12.13, she tries to call Jacob again, 25 seconds. 12.14, tries it again, 32 seconds. Then again at 12.14, she tries another time to call Jacob. That one's 30 seconds. That's 12.14 a.m. So at this time, according to Bo and Javier, around 1.30 in the morning is when they left the party and went to Becky's on Friday night into Saturday morning. And we're in, that's where we're at right now. So we have at 1.26 a.m., Jacob starts calling Becky's house line. At 1.25, Jacob calls the Freely landline. It's a 19-second duration. But this is interesting because this is not a cell phone where it, they just don't pick up. I don't know how you get those short durations on an incoming call into the home line. Uh, but I believe our expert, Ian, had told us a while back that the time that it's ringing counts towards those seconds on the cell phone side of it. And this would come off of the cell phone records. So I don't know if that means someone picked up because he said, usually you got 30 seconds worth of rings. That's like six rings at five seconds a piece before it'll cut off or go to voicemail or whatever. Uh, But we have 19 seconds uh, of Jacob calling. And then a minute later, he calls back. That's seven seconds. Then at 2.20 AM, Becky's landline calls her cell phone for 12 seconds. And at 2.21 a.m., 
Same thing. The landline calls her cell phone. So it definitely seems like she's probably checking her voicemail. What's interesting there, though, is sometime around 1.30 in the morning, Becky had to go down and, according to Javier, Becky had to go down to Nick Corline's house and pick him up and take him and Bo back up to her house. And if I if I remember correctly, Javier said he rode with Becky and then Bo followed them in his vehicle. And I could be misremembering that, but that was the way I recalled it. But what's interesting is there's nobody, there's no contact to Becky's house anywhere close to there from Javier. It was like back at eight o'clock when Javier talked to her when he called the landline. The only calls to the Friedley house from this group at all, from anyone that we have records for, are Jacob Santiago calling Becky's house. The only person it could be is we don't, because remember, we don't have home records for those for that day. And we don't have Bo Nash's record. So I guess it's possible Bo could have made the call to Becky to have her come down and get them. Or it's also possible they just got in Bo's car and drove up to Becky's house that night. But there's definitely no call from Javier to Becky's house to the landline that night. We do have the calls from Jacob's cell phone to the landline. Um, when I first saw this, I thought, well, maybe, maybe that's why Jacob said that he was in Costa Mesa when he wasn't, because maybe he was actually at the party with Javier, thought he was onto something, uh, because it's right at the time at 1.30 in the morning when Javier says they went up there. Um, but then it occurred to me, Jacob has cell phone service to make that call, which means he couldn't have been up at Nick Corline's house. So that wasn't it. So as we get into wrapping things up for today... Uh, we're, we're looking for the dark periods. So we have Becky, the phone, their, their phone calls coming into her. There's phone calls coming out from her landline. The last thing we see going out from her landline is at 2:21 AM. Her landline called her cell phone, presumably to check her voicemail. And at 4:08 AM, we have an incoming call that's marked as one, the number one calling Becky's cell phone. I don't know what that's about, but it's five seconds. It wasn't picked up. So the last time that we see activity from the Friedley landline going out, someone actually for sure using it was at 2.21 a.m. The landline called Becky's cell phone, which I presume is her checking her voicemail. Then things are dark until 6.41 a.m., which we still don't have any activity there. We have Jacob calling her landline. That's rough. It's 6.41 a.m. on a Saturday. Uh, Jacob calls Becky's landline uh, and Saturday morning. We do know then he was in Costa Mesa. Uh, so he calls her landline. It's a 22nd call at 641 AM. Uh, and then he calls her cell phone right after that. 33 second call wasn't picked up. And then at 644 calls her cell phone again. And 645 calls her cell phone again. Then at 835 Becky's cell phone calls Bo Nash. So remember, Bo Nash says he specifically remembered leaving Becky's house and heading down the hill at 8.11 a.m. Well, so he would have been by 8.35, probably close to back in cell phone range or in cell phone range, if that's accurate. Uh, But it seems Becky had left too, because at 8.35, Becky and her cell phone called Bo Nash's cell phone for 24 seconds at 8.35 a.m. on Saturday. And then at 8.35, we've got the 15. Becky calls 0806, and then the 15 text again. 
And then at 8.40, Becky calls a number ending in 0380. And then at 8.40 a.m., Becky calls Jacob. And that's a 366-second conversation. So that that tracks, uh, I believe, to an extent, Jacob had said that he was trying to call Becky on Saturday morning. And then they finally got in touch. So that happened. But what we know is that call came from her. He did call her home line that morning at 6.41 a.m. Doesn't look like anybody picked it up. But the when they actually finally connected and spoke was when at 8.40 a.m. when Becky from her cell phone. So she's left the house. She's headed down the hill at that point. Or Laura's down in the valley. Uh, and we have that 366-second conversation with Jacob that morning. Then at 8.47, Javi calls Becky. That's 79 seconds. Then one minute later at 8.48, Javi calls Becky again, and they talk for 120 seconds or two minutes. And I think that's where we're going to wrap things up for today. And the next episode, either it'll be next week's main, or if I have time to get this out and get it edited as a bonus, I'll do that for you. But that's a lot to unpack right there. You've got the Javier interview at the beginning. You've got all these phone records. Um, this, But this Saturday morning is interesting to me. Because we heard this story of like a phone call that Javier was talking to his mom and then Becky was in the other room. The understanding was that all that took place on Saturday morning. But what we see is nobody had cell service. All they had was Becky's landline. And by 830 in the morning, they're all out. Becky, Bo, and Javier all have cell service by 840 in the morning on Saturday they're headed down the hill and they're and they're not together. I mean, Javier and Bo could be together, but Javier and Bo, neither of them are with Becky at that point uh, because they are both talking to her on her cell or she's calling them or they're calling her. So that's a lot to unpack for this week. And it's certainly plenty for Kelly to edit from Ireland. Sorry, Kelly. Again, didn't think it was going to be this long. And we will continue on with this in the next episode, be it a bonus or be it next week's main episode. It may just be the main because I do have to travel to Ohio for Obsess Fest this coming weekend. So thank you all for listening. Hope you took some notes. I am super excited for this week's Friday follow-up to hear what you guys think of all the information that we just shared. Take care. Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Edited by Kelly Barron's Brink and sound engineered by Shane Yoder. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. All of our fonts across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design, and you can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website truthandjusticepod.com where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team. Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Kay Woodyomnick, Ginger Fiola, Erica Cantor, Danielle Rohr, Jennifer Ford, Courtney Wimberly, and Melissa Cardenas. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in several ways. To financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. 
For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. And I can be found personally on all forms of social media at BobRuffTruth. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. Baking pastries at 5 and open at 6. 100th cappuccino by 8, 200th customer by 9, and there's still 12 hours to go. That's why you need a business broadband that works as hard as you do. Introducing Sky Business. With 4G internet backup and our stay connected guarantee, that's better business. To find out more, visit skybusiness.com. Sky Fiber only, 30 second 4G activation or one off credit. New customers, Pro Plus packs only. T's and C's apply.